Bulletproof Radio, a state of high performance. You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. Today, I am really excited to have a friend and a, a legend uh, on the show. America's number one success coach and just a leader in personal development and transformation. None other than Jack Kenfield, uh, who is well known for decades of writing things like uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul, which he's most famous for, but also a book called The Success Principles, which is an epic, uh, an epic book about how people succeed. And a lot of people don't know that he's working with some of the world's top business people and other professionals on getting to new level performance, and he studied his whole life. Jack, with no further introduction, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dave. I'm just sitting here saying I'm going to come back in my next life with your voice. You have the perfect FM radio you get out here. Right? Um, <laughs> so we'll start with just me acknowledging and admiring you. Oh, thank you. I, I appreciate that. And and likewise, I've, I've learned a lot from you in person uh, at the Transformational Leadership Council, which you lead, and just from, um, just from your your life's work. I mean, it, it's it's profound stuff. And uh, so to be able to just uh, be able to talk with you now and to be able to have a friendship with you has, has been enriching for me. We'll put it that way. Now you've been talking uh, on social media and just sharing with people, saying things like it. There's still time to end the year strong. And basically, it's been a sucky year. But here's what to do about it. And uh, let's open with that. Okay. People are a little unstable right now uh, just because it's been you know one thing after another. Uh, what is the thing we need to know about the year? Well, I'll start with a little humor. My favorite meme of the year that I saw the other day said, uh, nobody got it right in 2015 when they said, where do you see yourself in five years? <laughs> so it's like... <laughs> I think the, what I would encourage people to do is to start by looking at the fact that while you may not have accomplished everything you wanted to, while it might have been a very challenging year, some of your dreams might have disappeared in terms of you know what you wanted to accomplish, you're still here. So we've been faced with a real challenging health crisis. We've been challenged with an economic crisis, with a political crisis across the world, in America especially, but all around the world. And, um, you know, Black Lives Matter movement, the ecological sustainability reality, which is not so hot right now. Um, so it's challenging. There's no question to that. But at the same time, I always tell people, look at what you do have, not what you don't have. So you can always focus on what you don't have. I do an exercise in my training where I put up numbers on a on a chalkboard or a flip chart to go one, three, five, seven, nine, 11, 13, 15, etc. And I say, what's missing? And everybody goes, all the even numbers are missing. And I go, no, nothing's missing. The numbers that are there are there. <laughs> so your mind has to go in and project something that's missing. So the first thing you have to start with is that you're here, you're alive. If you're listening to this, you either have a radio, a computer, or you have a television, or you've got a smartphone or an iPad or something. And so we, you've made it through the year, basically. And, you know, we all had challenges. Uh, for me, in February and March, when I was running a seminar, March 20th, 15th, 20th, something like that, 20 people in a hotel room in Santa Barbara, where I live. And it was all people who wanted to be best-selling authors, which I have done many times over, and we'd run yeah. seminars on that. 
And the police came in and said, you have one hour to shut this down. The governor just passed an order. No more than 10 people allowed to gather. You have 20 or we'll come back and arrest you. I went, oh, wonderful. <laughs> you know, so then we found out that every workshop we had scheduled for the rest of the year, we couldn't do. And we had $800,000 in deposits, which we would have had to return or wow. pivot and get people to go into our online programs, which we were creating as we were talking about it. And so we created an online coaching club, which was, turned out to be very successful. We created some online trainings, online mastermind groups, et cetera. And definitely those were some scary months for us. And I think everybody went through that. You, you know, you had to pivot. You had to do something different. And uh, a lot of people froze, you know, fight, flight, or freeze. And their energy went back to the amygdala in their brain. It hijacked the prefrontal cortex. Nobody was thinking creative, rationally, et cetera. And fear took over. And it still has for many people. And so I think what we have to do is get ourselves back into our rational mind uh, and our, our, our spiritual mind, all of which happens in the prefrontal cortex. And so the, the reality there is fear is basically visualizing things you don't want to have happen. Fear is going into the future and imagining bad stuff. So you can just as easy yep. go into the future and imagine positive stuff. I always say, even if you, Dave, were sitting in your studio and there was a rattlesnake slithering toward you, you'd have to go into the future to imagine it biting you, you know, a minute from now in order for you to experience fear. Otherwise, you just get up and casually walk away, which is what you're supposed to do when you're confronted <laughs> with a rattlesnake. But the reality is, that for many, many people, they're still living in that fear by imagining bad things. So start with two things. Appreciate what you do have. You know, we know from the law of attraction that all manifestation starts with gratitude for what you currently have. And most people are not doing that. Um, so, you know, we, we will probably make a million dollars less this year than we made last year because of the pandemic. But we also have about $800,000 less of expenses because we're not flying my staff to hotels. We don't have all right. those expensive food expenses, et cetera. And what I've been talking about with people is thinking about the new better rather than the new normal. You know, everyone says, well, we're going to have a new normal. Well, yeah, you could say that. But what if we say, let's have a new better? So for us, what we've learned this year is that when we do a seminar online, and we do it over the course of four months, and we do two hours a week every two weeks with some you know, office hours and things like that, we're getting much better results than we were doing three-day workshops and five-day workshops where people would come, have these transformational experiences, but they go home and the culture would kind of take over again and they would slip back rather than you know activate all the things they learned, put them into action. So for us, that's the new better. You know, the, the great quote from Napoleon Hill, every negative event has a seed of an equal or greater benefit in it. And for us now, we're doing classes online with people from 47 countries. Whereas if we were doing a live workshop in LA, people would not fly in from 47 countries. It just wouldn't happen. So we have further reach. We're able to make it available for less money. We're having more impact. And I don't have to leave home. You know, my wife, I've not been home this long in my entire adult life. Literally. Does she still like you? My life, my wife loves me. You know, she has always going like, why don't you retire? Why don't you stay home more? You know, we have, we have become ping pong aficionados. We, we play at least a half hour a day. Uh, we awesome. spend time, we're having more intimacy. We're watching a little more television, but great. There's some great uh, miniseries on these days. And we're taking walks. We're making love more because we're going to, I'm in this, I'm home in the same bed. So everything's different. 
but there's a lot of better. Are there things I miss? Absolutely. Do I miss the hugs? Do I miss the standing ovations? Do I miss the laughter of a thousand people at a joke I tell in an audience? Sure I do. But there's other things that are that are equally beneficial. You know, John D. Martini, who I imagine you know, John, yeah. John says, and I agree with him, everything in the universe is imbalanced. When one thing disappears, something else shows up to balance it out. But most people are not looking. I use the metaphor, let's say you've been, you're in a room and there's 48 doors in the room. And you've been going to door number seven for the last 20 years. You pound on door number seven. It opens up. It gives you everything you want. And the door closes. Now you go to door number seven and you knock and nothing happens. You're knocking, knocking, knocking. Nothing happens. Some people spend the rest of the year knocking on door number seven, being upset about it. And the fact is that there's door number eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, et cetera. And most people don't go knocking on those other doors to see what door is going to open now. But there's always another door opening. But you have to look for it. And even Napoleon Hill, when he said in the seat of every negative event is an equal and greater benefit, the point that most people don't quote after that is that I said, you have to look for it, you have to plant that seed, and you have to water it. And so that's what it is where you get these ideas about what's the new better, what's the, what's the advantage I have right now that I can take advantage of. So that's a long answer to your question. But I think the main thing is to start looking at what did happen in 2020 that we can be grateful for. And it, sometimes it's just called survival. We're still here. Yeah. There's a lot of other benefits that most people don't see. Look for those. And then I, I want to share this idea with, with your listeners as well. And this is from our good friend, Dan Sullivan, who runs a strategic coach yeah. program. I know you know as well. But he teaches something called the gap in the game. And the idea is at the end of the year to look and say, okay, but what you have here is three lines. The line at the bottom says start and the middle says finish, and the top says goal. So let's say I start and I'm making $50,000 a year, and my goal was to get to 100,000 this year. So last year I made 50, this year my goal is 100. But I only get to 85 or 75. Now what most people do is they focus on the gap between the 75 and 100, and they say, I failed, and they feel bad. And what Dan teaches, and I agree with him, and I teach all my students, is focus on the gain from 50 to 85. You made 35,000 more this year than you did last year. Even though you didn't make it to 100, focus on the gain. When you do that, you get better yeah. self-esteem. You, you're more motivated to continue. You have more momentum going into the new year. If you focus on the gap, you get low self-esteem, <clears throat> low self-confidence. You feel like you failed. It's demotivating. So just that little bit of a change. Okay can actually change how you feel about the year. Really important. When, when I was 16, I read Think and Grow Rich for the first time and thought, oh, this is great. I, I put up, I'm going to have a million dollars by the time I'm 23. Okay, and I had it on my mirror. My girlfriend made fun of me at the time. And I'm like, no, I'd look at it every morning, just like it says in the book. And I, I like to kind of joke and say, well, it, it didn't work because I made $6 million when I was 26. <laughs> but, you know, that, that mindset of, you know, continuous improvement and continuing to work, I was moving in the right direction. So my speed and my acceleration, you know, I, we always see things linear, but you do get sometimes things that are a bit more exponential. So, you know, little change, little change, little change, and all of a sudden a doubling from there. It's wow. Yeah. Uh, and, and so that, that mindset of, of even if, if this wasn't the best year ever, um, that it, it's not necessarily a failure either. Well, look at all that we've learned this year. I mean, I've learned how to use Zoom. 
I've been on Zencaster, all kinds of Google apps. I've been, you know, I did a, a training for Bark McCarty, the people who make rum. And I was supposed mm-hmm. to go to, uh, to where was it, uh, Bermuda, where their headquarters are, for 400 managers for, for a morning. And we had to cancel that. But we kept the we kept the we kept the event. I just couldn't go because they weren't letting anyone and travel. So they said, "Well, Jack, we've got four thousand employees. They're all sequestering at home. Why don't we just make it for all four thousand people instead of four hundred? Wow! We'll pay you your same fee." So I didn't have to f- fly to Bermuda. I walked down from my bedroom to my office, which is where I am now. I didn't have to fly home the next day. I got to impact 4,400 lives instead of 400 and sold a lot more books. They want me to come back and do a live one again sometime. So that's in the future for their real managers. So that's the new better, you know, that I learned, but I had to learn a whole bunch of new technology. I had to learn how to break people into small groups in Zoom when we do live things. How do we engage people? How do we get people as engaged on Zoom? You know, Matt Weinstein, who you know, teaches uh, Playfair games games you can do online that are just as fun as when you do them in person, but you have to learn that. So I learned that. So this has mm-hmm. been a major year of learning for me and, and social media and working with time zones. How do we do stuff that works in India? At the same time, I'm doing stuff in the United States. We record it. Then we do live Q&A, you know, all kinds of things. I'm better off. Uh, I'm now looking at, I don't want to travel as much as I used to, and I can still have as much impact. And I will travel mm-hmm. again, but not as much. And I've learned a lot about my relationship with my grandson. I've spent more time with him on, on um, you know, FaceTime than I ever have in my life. Uh, and I'm writing some books that I wouldn't have been writing otherwise. Wow. Yeah. It, this is a, an interesting time because events are expensive to put on. They're also expensive to attend. So I, I did something similar. We did the, the virtual biohacking conference for the first time because we couldn't do it. And like you said, we had people from all over the world attending who never would have flown to LA. And I'm finding that that the accessibility of leaders, like the, the people with the most wisdom and knowledge at all, now they're putting on focused quality online programs where before, um, even, even with me, it, it was always a focus of how do I show up on stage in person? Because yeah, hugs are great. And because there's a, a connection there, but it, it's like everyone saves money, everyone saves stress, and you're getting an equivalent experience and sometimes more because you can chat and you can drink whatever you want to drink during it. And like it, there's a bit of flexibility. So I think we might actually end up in a situation where we're better off because way more people have access to leaders to learn. So this can accelerate our learning uh, and we can then be very selective about when we want to go somewhere in person. Right. And also, you know, you and I can call up a guy like Simon Sinek and get him for a half hour where he wouldn't be willing to fly for a day and spend a night in a hotel to be with us, but he'll just get on Zoom and do it for, for yeah. you know, easily. And it's some of the speaker fees, you know, you can spend $100,000 to get someone on stage. A lot of people don't don't know this, but if you want to get a really big name, it, it's hard. I'm always doing budgets for events, saying, how do I get these people in here? And fortunately, oftentimes people will just come and do it for free because I come to their stage and I can swap. Right. You're in a similar situation, right? And... Uh, now though, it's like anyone will do an hour on Zoom, and I I feel like my reach is better. I've been able to help more people, and so for, for people listening, like you can look at oh I can't travel, but also you can learn at a speed you couldn't learn because no one would do it online for you because they wanted you at their events. I I'm stoked, and you're doing a new thing, um, the 16 week coaching club that you've got going on. What's what's a a club like? What what does that look like in in a world of pandemics and staying at home? Well, what we did, we took 
the idea of our Breakthrough to Success training. And we said, what if we divide this up into 16 sessions and we put it online and we can have people come. You know, I think we had about 470 people in the first time we did it, which was last fall. We're starting it again on January 6th. And um, what's valuable about it is we start by getting people clear. Well, we start with a guy named Jim Bunch, who you might know. He runs something called The Ultimate Game. And his, his basic thing he does is the nine environments of you. And we all have nine environments we live in. Like right now, I'm looking at your physical environment behind you. You have your body, which is an environment. You have your finances, which is your financial environment. You have your relationships environment. You have your memes that you believe in. That's another environment you live in and so forth. So how do we clean up all those environments to support you? Because we're all impacted by our environments. If I walk into a nightclub, I'm in a very different environment than if I walk into a monastery. So that instantly, my, my energy shifts. So how do we create an environment that inspires you rather than expires you? Do you ever walk into a really cluttered environment and you just go, ugh? Or you walk into a really cheap hotel and it's like, eh, I don't really like to be here, as opposed to walking into a nice environment. So how do you create your environment to support your success by cleaning up the clutter, creating the systems you need, completing the things that are incomplete, because that's another environment is all your incompletes are always there tugging at you. And then we look at these seven areas of your life, which are finances, job and career, relationships, health and fitness, fun and recreation, personal, which includes possessions you'd like to own, things you'd like to do, growth you'd like to experience, and finally contribution, and say, on a scale of one to 10, how would you score yourself in satisfaction in each of those areas? And then we pick an area where you want to grow it this next four months. And then we work with you to set a goal or several mini goals along the way to achieve. And we've had people double their income in four months. I had an art dealer who'd never sold a wow. painting for more than $300,000, always wanted to do a, a million dollar sale, who actually achieved it during this four months because he had a mindset shift we helped him make. And now he's on track wow. by for the end of the year to sell a $10 million Matisse. Uh, no, yes, Matisse, yeah. And so what happens is all of these successes people are having, it's part of that new better because we're able to work with them throughout over the, the four months to look at what shows up as their limiting beliefs, what shows up as their fear. We provide accountability. We have a Facebook group, but we also have a, a, a program, like an Excel spreadsheet where they put in their goals for each of the four months one at a time, and then they have to, like, they turn it green if they've achieved it, it's it's yellow if it's almost there, red if they're not doing it, and then we call them, we literally call them up and say, come on, dude, what's going on? Wow. <laughs> so let's get on it, you know? And people are supporting each other. The breakthroughs, I swear, Dave, I was saying to Patty Aubrey, my partner who you know, the other day, mm -hmm. the people look five to 10 years younger. People have gotten virtual assistance for the first time, or they're delegating, or this one woman, she was complaining that, because uh, we do these office hours, and she was saying, you know, I think I have a time management problem. My, my mother moved in because she's got dementia, can't take care of her. And I said, well, what's, where's your husband? Uh, you know, because she was spending so much time with her, her, um, her, her mother. And well, he's retired. Was he willing to help? Yeah. I said, you don't have a time management problem. You have a husband management problem. <laughs> you need to sit down with him and work out a schedule. Never occurred to her. So she literally wow. worked out a schedule where she would be working and then he would be taking care of her and then she would take care of her. And it 
changed your total life. It's those little breakthroughs like that that totally shift you because you're so locked into your consciousness of what you're doing habitually, habitual thoughts, habitual behaviors. So people are having major breakthroughs. People that been planning to get divorced for four years and never did it, did it. People that wanted to ask someone out, did it. People who wanted to get a Facebook uh, going, did it. Did their first Facebook Lives. Uh, did uh, started websites, uh, online courses. I mean, major, major, major breakthroughs. So that's what we're there to do. But what we're finding, yeah. you know, someone asked me today, well, where do I see the human potential movement going in the next year? You know, Coot Blackson, I was interviewed by him. Yeah, and he, great. he asked me this question. And I said, I see it going a couple of ways. You got the big Tony Robbins, 20,000 people kind of events, you know, they're with Sage. We're going to do one of those in May. And, and you've got Love the those, yeah. individual coaches that are out there working one-on-one with people. But what's really starting to show up during the pandemic is accountability and community. People need community to support them, to be part of a tribe. It's all moving together, positive people that are goal-oriented and, and into service and so forth. And you need accountability because most people listening to podcasts like this are solo entrepreneurs or they're the head of a small mm-hmm. company. And there's no one managing them. There's no one forcing yeah. them to do the uncomfortable thing. So most of us design our lives around avoiding discomfort. <laughs> and discomfort yeah. is where we grow, you know. So basically uh, – that's what the course is about. We have four um, expert, uh, what do you want to call them? Just expert calls. Like we had Lisa Nichols, John Asaraf, who you know probably, and, yeah. um, and and Jim Bunch, who I mentioned, and a woman named um, Sherry Fraser, who wrote a book called Buddha in the Bedroom. Or Buddha's, yeah, Buddha's Bedroom. And she's an expert in relationships. I have applied five things from her one hour to my wife, Inga, and our Man. relationship has taken Check, off. Check, you have the curiosity of a of a young person and and you've you've done so much study of of success and productivity th- that a lot of people I think just don't know about because you're so famous for the chicken soup uh, and you know the secret side of things. I, I'm always intrigued because you're saying i I just did this thing last week and people looking and going, well, this guy's kind of a master here. How do you keep your uh, th- that youthful energy and enthusiasm about this stuff? like what's driving that? I think you said it. It's curiosity. You know, it's like I, I, you, you know, the passion test that the, the, you know, Janet Atwood put together with Chris Atwood. And when they interviewed me for, to, to find out what my passions were to put it in their book, uh, my number one passion was learning about myself, learning from mm-hmm. others, gathering with like-minded people, and then teaching what I learned. And well, so, no one would like to hang out. I think we'd have some similar archetypes there. That, yeah, that makes yeah, sense. yeah. When okay. I'm hanging out with people that are. talk about things that matter and want to make a difference, I'm happy. You know, and you and I, yeah. I remember you and I sitting around with John Gray when we were talking about his wife, mm-hmm. Bonnie, and cancer. And that nothing makes me happier than that kind of conversation where people are sharing information. And so I watch three to five TED Talks a week, you know, TEDx Talks. I'm just curious mm-hmm. to learn and apply it. You know, my mentor was W. Clement Stone, and he said the secret to success was awareness, acceptance, assimilation, activation. In other words, you have to become aware of something, you have to learn it, you have to assimilate it so it becomes part of you, and then you have to take action. And to me, everything I learn, I apply it and see if it works. If it works, I, I use it and I teach it. And it is, it, I do feel right. young. Yeah. That, that algorithm has, has helped uh, millions of people, so I, I think it's working for you. I have a question about 
the the coaching program that you're putting together, um, or the, the coaching club, I should say. Um, I mean, who's it designed for? Is this for people who are already meaningfully successful, or is this you know a young first time entrepreneur kind of? What's a good fit? It's for everybody, really. Uh, I know that always sounds like strange to say that, but we've had people in our last class that were just becoming aware of this kind of work. We had people that were CEOs of companies, doctors in charge of large medical practices, lawyers. Um, I mentioned the art dealer who's very successful now and was before. Uh, we've had uh, we had nurses, we had entrepreneurs, we had coaches, we had authors, we had trainers like you and me. Um, so it's, it's really, here's what I always say to people, whether you're, you, you can plant an, an acorn in the ground and the next year you're going to get a little oak tree that might be like a foot high by the end of this fall. You know, mm-hmm. all it can do is throw out one more leaf and then you have an oak tree that's been around for 20 years. All it can do at the end of its leaf, at the end of its, you know, branches is throw out one more bud, one more leaf. So it doesn't matter where you are. This program helps anyone take their next step, helps them figure out what is it that they want to create. Because I've seen a lot of successful business people whose relationships are not in good shape, whose health's not in good shape, or who want to take their business to the next level, or people that are just starting out. We had uh, social media influencers. We had, um, you know, people that are internet marketers. Just pretty much anyone who wants to get better and produce more and have more fun and have a better life. It's broad spectrum. Um, I wanted to to share this with people, by the way, jackcanfield.com slash Dave Asprey, and he'll give you a discount uh, and a bunch of other freebie stuff. But the um, uh, the idea that, that people could get access to you and your teachings in a way they couldn't before, uh, I, I think is, is kind of revolutionary because I, I've learned a lot and I've, I've really benefited from our friendship and being able to uh, to just sit down and and chat with you. And, and that's not something that most people get to do because I mean, there's millions of people who'd love to meet you and just have 15 minutes of time. I, I get the same kind of, can I just pick your brain? Like, no, I'm full. Uh, but the fact that you've moved so much of the coaching online like that is is really new. And I think it's an opportunity for um, for everyone, including people who care about Bulletproof stuff, uh, to get access to you know one of the masters uh, who spent his life studying it. So I, I think it's fantastic. And it, it's one of the benefits of the whole COVID pandemic is, is like you couldn't get Jack and now you can get Jack. And that's kind of neat. Okay. Yeah, no, it's, it, no, it's interesting. I, I was just thinking about this the other day. One of the things I did this year, which I had not done for a long time, is to start to do a, a little bit of individual coaching. But I charge $25,000 a day for coaching, Yeah, which means that you get eight hours of coaching from me. And you can divide it up one hour today and one hour a week for now or four hours today and four hours, however you want to do it. But that averages out to about $3,000 an hour to work with me. And for a lot of people, that seems like a lot of money. And for some people, it truly is. But I always say, if you pay me 25000 but I help you make 500000 additional, is that a good investment? Yes, it is. So now in the coaching club, for less than $1,000, I think it's nine ninety seven is the registration fee, you can spend time with me, ask questions. Usually what we do is we go from about 10 in the morning till 12 on our, our calls, our you know, Zoom calls uh, with people. And then we stay on for Q&A. And I've stayed on sometimes for an hour and a half just doing Q&A with people because I got nothing better to do after that. I mean, I do have better things to do, but I'm so engaged with it. I don't want to go away. So people do wow. get individual access to ask about anything they want. It's really cool. 
I, one of the things that, that drives what I do is is making this wisdom just broadly accessible from you and from uh, hundreds of other people who've been on the show and, and just learning constantly myself. Uh, but I, I feel like this is just a, a quantum change in availability of of time like that. And it it is, it's still a reasonable, like it's still a real amount of money, uh, but it, it just probably a hundred or a thousand X the number of people who can reasonably access uh, your teachings and actually interactions with you, uh, which is first time ever that that's happened. And it's directly as a, you know, Hey, thanks coronavirus. <laughs> it made it, it made it real. That's a good title um, for a book, at least a blog. <laughs> hey, thanks coronavirus. <laughs> yeah. And, and like you said, gratitude, you can either say, Oh, it's, you know, it's all horrible and all, but Everything I've learned from neurofeedback and all the spiritual masters I've worked with, it's that you have to find gratitude. You can still say, this, this sucks, but I'm grateful for. And, and it's the grateful for that has the neurological effect. So I'm happy to say I'm, I'm grateful that coronavirus uh, caused you to make your learning way more available than it was. Yeah, it's true. And it's, uh, we mentioned it before, and, and if you're listening to this, there's a bonus episode. I just want you guys to know jackcanfield.com slash Dave Asprey. And, you know, there's all kinds of cool stuff in there that, uh, that comes from Jack. You know, because I've interviewed Jack uh, several times about language, about trying. In fact, episode 500 and something or another, 551, uh, we talked about the word try and, and how toxic that word is. Like, oh, I'm going to try to improve in 2021. Uh, tell me a little bit about what is holding people back in their language around 2020. That's a good question. I'm not sure I have a quick answer for you. Um, you know, well, I just think saying something sucks, you know, like you were talking about, you know, or it's a terrible year or then you're going to focus on everything bad about it. You know, yeah. um, I, I'm, I'm working on working with some best-selling authors and there's this book here that someone just sent me that's going to be in my seminar starting tomorrow called The Best of No Small Things. And she wrote an article, a, a blog for years called No Small Things. And it's all about gratitude. And she said, there are no small things. And one of the things she was mm -hmm. talking about is look back over your life at all the things you thought really sucked. And then ask yourself, did it lead to something better? And, yeah. I, and I did that for about 10 minutes when I was reading that. I said, I'm going to do the exercise, you know. And I started thinking about my divorce I went through, which really sucked. Uh, my wife walked off with most of the money, left me my company. Um, but it forced me to be more creative. I was starting to get a little bit comfortable. And mm -hmm. all of a sudden, I, that's what made me write the success principles. It re-vectored me in a, new, in a new direction, which changed everything, you know. Um, so she talks about how this boyfriend, uh, she broke up with her, and she was really hurt by it. But then she said, I decided to write 100 things I loved about him and put each one on a three-by-five card, put him in a big envelope and send them to him. And it was just so I could begin to realize, yeah, there was a lot of great things that came out of that relationship, even though it didn't end well, you know, from her perspective. But then she realized later she met the love of her life, you know, which was someone that she wouldn't have met if she was still in a relationship with this guy that wasn't treating her the best way ever. So, wow. you know, and I love that song by, um, um, God, what's his name? Country Western singer. It was called Thank God for Unanswered Prayers, Garth Brooks. And he says, thank uh -huh. God for unanswered prayers because he wanted this girl in high school he was totally in love with. She wouldn't give him a time of day. He goes to his reunion. She's overweight. She's drunk. She's an alcoholic and she's miserable. You know, and he says, thank God for unanswered prayers, you know. So uh, everything 
I really believe that the universe, everything that happens is for us, not to us. I really believe that, you know, yeah. it, you have to look for it. You know, it's, it doesn't, it's not immediately apparent, but if you live from that perspective and then you look to see what, what, what it is, and it may not show up until a month later or something like that. But I look back over my life, everything I thought was terrible. I got fired from a teaching job, but if I'd still been in that job, I wouldn't have been able, not because I was incompetent, because I was too radical. I was teaching African-American history to African-American students in Chicago before that was fashionable. And, um, but anyway, they thought I was a communist or something. It was really funny. But I ended up getting a job for twice the income about two months later that I wouldn't have gotten otherwise, you know. And then I met W. Clement Stone, who became my mentor as a result of it. Like That's where I learned all the wow. success principles. And that went on to do amazing things in my life. So if you look back over the turning points in your life, a lot of them might have felt like, wow, that's really stressful, painful, a rejection, whatever. But it turned out to be something great. Everyone's talking about red light therapy beds and for good reason. There's a company called ARRC LED that's building an entirely new class of LED devices. ARRC LED beds integrate proprietary scanning technology and frequency protocols to shape the delivery of six different wavelengths in dose-optimized photobiomodulation. Yes, that's a lot of words. What it is, though, is that photobiomodulation improves the underlying energetics of the cells in your body. And those changes can benefit nearly every tissue and organ and system in your body. You change your cells and you change your life. For more information, visit ARRCLED.com. Well, I, I admire your mindset and I admire the way you've just relentlessly curated the stuff that works for personal development uh, in, in a way that, that's impressive where you know the people who did the work, you've read all their work, you've boiled it down, you've assimilated it, and you've got it all in your head at the same time. Uh, so you're just, you're a fountain of knowledge and it, and it just, the passion behind it shows a lot. And I, I would just in, encourage you're listening you're listen to this. If you haven't read any of, of Jack's books, you didn't hear the last interviews on Bulletproof Radio. The success principles is it, it it's like game changers where, where it's, it's a summation of knowledge from many places, many people that comes down to this is what works. And I've gotten a lot out of that book uh, and just a lot out of your teaching. And I'm, uh, I'm I'm just so impressed that you've you've made it not a twenty five thousand dollar option for people, which is <laughs> uh, which is really cool because you're kind of up on a pedestal, Jack. I think you you kind of know that people are like, how would I ever get a chance to to talk to Jack? Uh, but then all of a sudden, wait, it's now possible, and and that's awesome. And I want one final big piece of advice uh, for people to kick off 2021 in a, in a major way. I mean, other than signing up for the program, <laughs> which is clearly starts January 6th. So, but, but just a big piece of advice. Number one thing. I would say start with the assumption that you can create the best year of your life. And then I would say, make sure you sit down, take a good 15, 20 minutes max minimum and ask yourself, what do I want every part of next year to look like? Just really just trust that it's possible. Like a genie comes down and says, you can have anything you want. And then let me let me end with this. It's something I learned from John Asaraf about a month ago. I've been teaching nonstop since I learned it because it's the coolest thing ever. So we all know about affirmations and visualization. We all know that if we have a goal, we should create an affirmation. If our goal is to make 300000 a year, we create an affirmation that says, I'm so happy and grateful that I'm currently earning $300,000 a year, whatever. Then I close my eyes and I visualize 
what my life would look like if I was earning 300,000, see what would be happening and how would I be acting if I did that? So John shared this story that I just think is so cool. Imagine you're sitting at lunch, Dave, and you're looking across the restaurant and all of a sudden you realize that's Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks sitting over there. And you go, oh my God, that's Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks. And you notice every time you go to look at them, because whenever we're around celebrities, we keep kind of looking and they're looking back at you and they look away. And then you look at them and they look away and then you're there and then you start looking at them and they look away again and you realize they're looking at you. So after about a half hour dinners, you know, lunch is getting close to it and they stand up and they walk over to you and they've got this big sheaf of papers. And Steven Spielberg says, hi, you probably noticed we've been looking at you and um, you look like a character that we'd love to cast for this next movie. I mean, you have the mannerisms, the body, the age, the, the your voice tone, everything about you, the way you move, the way you talk is perfect. And we, we have a deal for you. We have the script right here. If you take this script and you memorize your part and show up a year from now when we're filming, we'll give you a million dollars now, just, you know, up front. You go there. You learn the script, memorize it, become the character. I mean, really, know, you, just, you know what the motivations are. We'll give you voice coaches. We'll give you acting coaches. We'll give you historical researchers if you want to research the period, the, the character, whatever. You've got it. We'll pay for it. And when you finish shooting, we'll give you another $4 million. So there's a $5 million offer. All you got to do is memorize the script. Would you do it? Of course. Yeah. Now, they give you the script. You go home. What do you do with it? Uh, well, you probably start reading it. Yeah, and if assuming you're willing to keep going, what would you do then? Uh, you'd probably try reading it out loud. So now, all I'm asking you to do is do that. You got a script that says, here's what your ideal life looks like one year from now. Everything you want in every area of your life. All you have to do every day is memorize the script. How do you do that? You go inside, you say your affirmation, for your goals, you might have 21 goals that would fulfill all those areas of your life. You visualize it as if it's already complete because that's the person you'd be living the life you want, your ideal life, how you would be, what you'd be doing, all the equipment you'd have behind you in your case, you know, whatever, all the research you'd want to do, all the people coming to your seminars, all of them doing fasting, all the things you teach would all be happening. But you have to rehearse it to make to have that life come true. That's all that visualization and affirmation is. And it works like that because as soon as you do that, you start becoming that part. It's so phenomenal. And then what you start to get are inspired ideas of things to do that normally wouldn't have occurred to you. You've had inspirations all along and you acted on them. That's why you're as successful as you are. You had some vision and it keeps evolving itself and you keep taking the actions, you keep getting inspirations. And so I, I love that idea because people normally don't do the discipline that's required to create the life they want. So once you get the inspirations, then you have to act, you have to respond to the feedback, you have to you know, keep yourself in flow and all that good stuff. But that's, that's the core essence of the work, the inner work that we all need to do to be successful in a nutshell. I love that explanation and, uh, and you're a good storyteller. So I'm hoping if you're listening to the show that you actually went in and said, like, what would you do to absorb the script? And that is a similar exercise to the stuff that I've done for for what I'm doing. You know, I, I sat down, went to an altered state in my case with electrodes on my head to kind of guide me into the right state. And you visualize the future that you want. You write it down ahead of time. You use positive language, not negative language. And 
magically via mechanisms that we do not have fully um, determined, it generally seems to happen. Yeah. And it, it's a real thing. And so I, I don't know nearly as well as you do how to teach that, um, but it, it's a real thing in my life. And so many uh, of the really successful people that I've been blessed uh, to know all did something like that. And they didn't just say it, they they grokked it, they incorporated it, they did something like that. And and that exercise is actually really powerful. I could I can see that happening when you said it. Thank, thank you, Jack, for for sharing that and all the stuff you share on the show and all the stuff you shared with the world. And and thank you for making making it a little bit more accessible for people to to hear from you directly like that, which I, I am really impressed with. And I wish I'd had access to that, you know, when I was 25, it would have been it would have been life changing. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of a lot of what I do is, is I'm writing it for myself when I was 19. If someone had just told me all this, like imagine all the suffering I would have avoided. Uh, so it sounds like you've got a similar motivation behind what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I appreciate you on on many different levels. And guys, if you liked this episode, if you want to connect with Jack, it's jackcanfield.com/slash Dave Asprey, and he'll give you discounts and bonuses and stuff like that. Uh, but mostly. I just want you guys to get a, a sense of of who Jack is. You haven't heard the other episodes. And to understand the depth of study that he's done around personal development and around making stuff happen in your world that isn't really what you might even believe is possible today. Because I think he's one of the the top masters in the world alive today about making this happen. And uh, this is just a great opportunity. And so thank you, coronavirus. And thank you, Jack. <laughs> thank you, Dave. My pleasure. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.